How Rude, the exhaustive deconstruction of the classic 90s sitcom Full House. My name is John Pernasek, and to my immediate right is my co-host and fellow rude dude who will introduce himself now before I kill him via bubble bath. Brandon Shockney, reporting for duty. <laughs> yes, and together, Brandon and I are just a couple of rude dudes. Rude dudes. We are just a couple of rude dudes. Is that your murderer? Okay. Ah, classic murderer. <laughs> Making a murderer now available on Netflix. <laughs> It's yeah. good. I just finished it this weekend, guys. It's good. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's a real thrill ride. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and to our immediate left is our honorary rude dude for the week, who will introduce herself now. Cataboon, the rudest dude. Oh! <laughs> You're placing that mantle upon your own head. <laughs> you yeah. saw that opportunity. I am the rudest of the dudes. <laughs> Kat, you are here to help us deconstruct the episode, A Fish Called Martin. But before we get into that whole discussion, how did you grow up with Full House, if at all? Oh, I absolutely grew up with Full House. Okay. I watched it on, like, after-school uh, programs, so I would come home in grade school and watch it, and in high school, occasionally, I would flip between Law & Order SVU and Full House, <laughs> so, you know, very similar themes, um, what, I was, like I was, watching the victims and then watching what happened afterwards. Um, I was about to say, what a bullwhip left turn, but it seemed like you found a nice balance there. I think, like, if SVU got to be a little too much emotionally, then I'd just turn on Full House. To like reset? Just to kind of, re- yeah, sure. to reset. We found fecal matter in the victim's mouth. (laughs) Click. (laughs) Remind me of the good in the world, you know, because this show, although it is just so wacky, it it really is close to my heart. And it's so, I love seeing a good father-daughter relationship, you know? Three Three, fathers, three fathers. three daughters. A man for each daughter, which is a musical I wrote in 1976. I saw a man that. for each daughter. I saw that. Very good. Yeah. Five stars. Yeah. Racy, though. <laughs> <laughs> there was that one scene that we hence have taken out, which is very racist. <laughs> How do you think the show holds up? You're out of high school. You're a grown Barely, adult. Yeah. <laughs> Barely. I survived. <laughs> How, do, how does it sort of strike you now? I still, like, have such a... When I watch things that I watched as a child or a teenager, I just feel so nostalgic. Sure. I feel so, like, warm and fuzzy. I, I also am able to recognize things that are just so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. and I still, But I still enjoy it, and I still get that, like, fuzzy feeling of, like, oh, I'm glad I'm not watching Law & Order SVU. <laughs> <laughs> I this did see... Nice. You had a few, like, genuine, like... You did. <laughs> yeah. Like, moments where you yeah. took I know, that I joke and you were like... Like, I, yes. <laughs> I felt embarrassed that I was genuinely laughing no. at some of the things that they were saying. There was a moment late in the episode where Danny was square dancing in his little square dance verse. You were like, Danny! <laughs> yes. Classic, Classic Danny Danny. <laughs> Square dance singing about scra- scuffing up his floors. Though the characters maybe don't have a ton of depth, they also do have a ton of depth mm-hmm. because yeah. they have incredibly uh, recognizable traits that are for each character. They so, have traits. That's yeah. exactly what they have. Yeah. We know what they, they like. And what they don't and like. And know what they do not like. And that's sometimes all you need because uh, this show is just so surface level. Yes. And it's only there to be surface level. And it does a really good job of being surface level. Not to mention their sex appeal that each and every one of them have. Okay, well, I honestly... My first note was, damn, John Stamos. Oh. Because I can't get enough of him. I just can't. Do you like his crazy tattoo, which looks (laughs) like a a, a slap-on out of a vending machine (laughs) (laughs) sticky tattoo? You know what? I don't recall what it looks like, but I'm sure. It looks like, to me, I always think it looks like pilot wings. Yes. (laughs) Like the wings you'd get as a child. But he's the kind of guy who never got drafted. He never, like, (laughs) he's never experienced genuine hardship. He's just... Just kind of Greek. And <laughs> if, St- if Stamos was drafted into Vietnam, he would like charm the nurse that was giving him oh, his examination. Yes. And he'd be like, hey, why don't you tell them I have flat feet? 
Mm-hmm. And I'll give you okay. a kiss. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, Jesse. Ubi Boobie. Jesse. It is literally Betty Boob who, who he's yeah. talking to. It must have been so easy just to throw out, if not to write the scripts, to sort of throw out basic ideas totally. for plots. Because it's like, you, so we have the personalities, we know what they like, we know what they don't like. So in this example, of course, it's Jesse doesn't like square dancing. Hilarious. But you could do that with any of them. Mm-hmm. And they already have, like, Danny dates a messy person. Yes. Hilarious. Fish out of water story mm-hmm. because he's not in his element. Mm-hmm. You could just as easily say to Joey, like, oh, Joey has to go to a stuffy country club and not do any of his jokes. Yes. Well, th- this one's just uh, another example, and I always think, like, it's something that, like, Becky and Jesse fundamentally disagree on, and it's why they're so wrong for one another. Mm-hmm. Well, well, let's There's get... so many instances where it's like, maybe they shouldn't be getting married. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have, super, they have superficial differences in taste, and that's not ultimately as important when you're getting married as, do we agree about money? But do there we was, agree about children? There was that but, one episode where he's like, Elvis <laughs> means so much to me, and she's like, well, being in the country means, so, like, where they wanted to have their wedding, uh-huh. and, like, the whole experience, and sure. they, like, fought over that, that was like the A plot of that episode. You, you could argue that they kind of dislike the other person's entire aesthetic. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They definitely have, the, all of the arguments that they get in are, for most people, reason enough to be like, actually, let's call this off. Because <laughs> yeah. we have fundamental differences in like who we are as people. Mm-hmm. Well, before we go into a more detailed discussion like of that, for mm-hmm. example, Kat, if you were to distill this entire episode into a one-sentence summary, how would you sort of encapsulate that? A Fish Called Martin is an episode in which the family is bonded together by their tiny downfalls that cause them to need to build one another back up. (gasps) With cookies! (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well done. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Everyone was sort of, yes, I think that's absolutely faithful to what was going on. <laughs> Everyone was sort of showing off like, oh, I'm in, I'm insecure in some way or I'm not comfortable in my, some way. My favorite thing is the way you present that question causes every one of our guests to become like, immediately <laughs> like try frozen. to be like, yes, Let no, no, no like, oh. I must like. Delve into the deep, <laughs> like nitty gritty yeah. of what this show's trying to say. But really, the show's not trying to say anything. It's basically right. like a dad teaches his daughter about death on a very basic level. Yes, yes. superficial level. Yeah, <clears throat> superficial level. Not that I'm. Do Oh well, of course we can't. We can't go into anything without first discussing the cold open. This is the coldest of days for a cold open. It's all too appropriate. January, am I right? Freezing. Freeze fucking freezing. Fucking I'm wearing two scarves. Scarf. Scarf. Scarf, scarf. Fuck it. Scarf. Scarf my scarf. Scarf, snarf. Scarf, snarf. Snarf, scarf. So this cold opening, we have the 80th version of... Jesse's band, Jesse and the Rippers, constant revolving <laughs> members. There's one dude who always stays the same, which is the Garfunkel-esque man with, with like, the curly uh, ponytail. Oh, yeah. the bass player? Yeah. Yeah, let yeah. me take this kinky-ass afro of mine, this white man's Jew afro, yeah. and bind it into a ponytail. <laughs> He's always the consistent member of the band outside of Jesse. So uh, what's really fun about this fun. whole recording session, so fun, uh, is that not only do they practice at... Uh, the Tanner household, but they also um, allow Michelle to be an active part of their rehearsal. Fun or an <laughs> abhorrent waste of a group's time? Mm-hmm. You, and totally. also, you said recording session. It really seems like just a rehearsal. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. So, <laughs> not recording. What, what, is, what is happening? Michelle has taken this rehearsal hostage. <laughs> I, as any member of this band, would just be like, look, Jesse. I understand. No one else is in the house. Michelle, you're on Michelle duty. Absolutely get it. We need to rehearse. Right. I, and have, I have a quote here that's like, this convergence. Jesse, the best, the band has been talking. Yes. And we know you're, you're we know, we know the band's called Jesse and the Rippers, but you know what's an even better name for a band? The, the Rippers. Rippers. <laughs> that's a great name for a band. It's okay. We'll go with it. Jesse, uh, this this indulgence that he has towards Michelle is shocking. And 
this fucking cold open is a full fucking play. <laughs> it's nearly three minutes long, yep. <laughs> and I wanted to fucking kill myself. I like the idea of the band coming over and being like, we're ready, and Jesse's like holding a very like small guitar, like mini guitar, and they're like, no. Jesse, what is that? No, what is that? <laughs> what is that? He's like, what are you talking about? This he, is my guitar. This is my guitar. He's got the toy guitar from Michelle, but then he takes out like a post-it set list. <laughs> These are all of Michelle's requests. Let's see. We got do a diddy diddy dum diddy do. We got the uh, little teapot song. We got part of your world from a little mermaid. I got <laughs> ten more bitches. Yeah, they do. You think the joke of the episode is they're going to do that one song, the do a diddy thing, right? Well, it starts <laughs> off and they're just jamming, and you think that's going to be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're jamming in the front of the living room of a house in which... Mm-hmm. Seven people live. Yeah, in a residential neighborhood. In a residential neighborhood. Where brownstones are smashed together. <laughs> like, I can hear you, Tanners. I can fucking hear you. Yeah. Their neighbors are so It's noon! It's noon, yeah. you monsters! On a fucking Saturday. Yeah. And d- does it end after the jamming? No. Because no. at first it seems like, oh, maybe maybe the band plays and to entertain, to keep Michelle occupied, they give her, like, a guitar that doesn't sound like anything so she can just stand there and do that. Like an idiot. And then, yeah, and then, like... She's occupied, but no, they like... She's hungry. <laughs> yeah, she wants to be oh, yeah. behind the mic, baby. But um, she's short, so they've got to give it to her. Yeah, They can't, they can't even so lower cute. the stand lower the low stand. enough for her. It's so cute that she's so short. So they sing do-a-diddy-diddy-dum-diddy-do for what seems like an eternity, <laughs> and you'd think that would be the end of it. It absolutely is not. No, it's not. <laughs> we have one more song. I forget what the other song is. It's Teapot. It's oh, yeah. I'm a Little Teapot. I was going to refer to it as my little teapot, but that's not what it is. Yep. And you'd think that the, it would end on her saying it, like, my little teapot, five, six, seven, eight, fade out theme song. Nope. <laughs> we the get whole the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, did I mention that do I diddy diddy dum diddy do? How does it end where they're like, which is the fake out way to end any song. Right, right. Oh, we're, we're playing Billy Joe's Moving Out. I'm moving out. <laughs> I think you said, well, I think you said, well, are we watching a bar mitzvah? Yeah. Because that band is not booking any gigs except oh, n- bar and bat no mitzvahs. No way. Yeah. yeah, no way. But even not bar and bat mitzvahs because the people that I know who have had bar and bat mitzvahs had dancers and nice ass bands at least better than Jesse and they the They had Rippers. dancers? Yeah, a lot of people did have dancers. Like, uh, like salsa dancers coming in? No, kind of like Hype people, honestly, oh. like hype people to be like. <laughs> it's a ball, Let's it's all ball. get ready for Isaac. <laughs> Isaac <laughs> dancing. <laughs> Isaac comes Isaac, out. The Jewish boy. Isaac comes out with <laughs> ribbons and he's like, yeah. This I'm is my, I'm a man. <laughs> this is the only time when this will be socially acceptable. <laughs> I'm a man. Uh, there is there is one new woman. And- uh, Jesse's band. Um, Come on, and she I, honestly um, looks pissed the whole time. In she, my opinion, yeah, because she, she she's not playing an instrument, right? She's just just a She's on the tambourine. She's oh. on the tambourine. You is don't that the most hear condescending it. thing in the world. It is, but it's almost as bad as triangle, and you don't hear it. <laughs> At all in the first song. She's literally just shaking it, and I'm like, that's not a real tambourine. No. She was probably, she was probably brought onto the band being like, hey, you're going to be our, like... What if it's a toy? Co-sing, like, lead singer. Yeah. Like, with Jesse, And she's like, okay. And then this is like, in my mind, this is like her first rehearsal she's yes. attending, and then this fucking, like, three, five-year-old's like... Well, <laughs> at that audition, she probably said, well, okay, here are the instruments I can play. I can play bass. I can play a percussion. I can play fucking sax. I can play different types of horns. Why are you handing me a toy tambourine that doesn't work? <laughs> Was it a rain stick? It has seeds in it? <laughs> <laughs> One of those, like, didgeridoos. Yes. What yeah. if it's, like, a like a kindergarten music class, and it's like, here are two blue sticks. That's honestly probably what it is. She's a kindergarten teacher who's like, I'm looking for something to relax. I need to de-stress on the weekends. Let me join this band. Oh, right. it's a joke? Good. Oh, I'm with kids Monday better. through Friday? Oh, let me get, get one on Saturday for sure. Thank you. I thought I would get laid, but uh, I got Garfunkel to my left. I got this wazoo with the fucking drums, and Jesse's fucking taken. And guess what? I don't want him. And that's the cold open. Man. Um, We come out of the theme song, and Becky and Jesse have just, like, I don't know, blown each other on the couch or something. Yeah, they're fucking heavy petting. Double black jeans, both of them wearing... 
washed black, black on jeans. Black. Honestly, black jeans. real good look. Very cool that both of them as a couple are wearing black jeans, but... If you got linter hair, you'll never see it. No. And then if their legs are together, you don't know where one leg begins and the Absolutely. Yeah. Why I, so yes. some amorphous blob of leg, of black leg. But don't uh, worry, you can tell them apart because... Uh, oh she's God. wearing the classic pink sweater with, I don't even know that neckline. It's like a shoulder turtleneck. Yeah. Like the collar goes over the shoulders, not like just up at the neck. And this is an episode packed with fashion. Oh, to begin absolutely. With. Yeah. But from the get-go, you get this pink, hot, hot, hot pink. If you touched it, you fucking burn yourself. <laughs> but that shoulder collar has fucking gold doubloons in it. Yeah. Embed, embedded. It looks like <laughs> like some pirate like inserted them in. I need to hide in. these. Yeah. I need to hide They'll these. They'll never find pink beards treasure <laughs> in this here sweater. <laughs> I rhyme, I do. I do, it's true. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep. Captain Pinkbeard is my name. Yep, we're going one more verse. Yeah, sure. And killing... Booty is my, my game. game. Wow, you really went Damn, up. that pirate kills booty. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is my hype man. Make way for Captain I Pinkbeard. usually only do bat mitzvahs yeah. and bar mitzvahs, but I'm doing pirates. Make stuff. way for Isaac, which is the most bar mitzvah name I've ever heard in my life. She, she said make way. Get the fuck out of my way. I'm Isaac. My dad's wealthy. I made a kid's nose bleed at my bar mitzvah because I'm a man. Um, so they're arguing, of course, as we said about yes. this wedding once again. Becky is just it's next week. <laughs> You'd think that it would be more than enough at this point that Becky has gotten this wedding to be held at her farm mm-hmm. in the country. No, now she wants to humiliate Jesse even further and make him feel even more uncomfortable by making him square dance. It does seem strange that uh, it's next week and this is what this is what they're choosing to focus on. Like the wedding's yeah. next week. Oh yeah, Literally. I forgot to tell you. We're going to square dance. Yeah. It's a ritual. It's yes. a family ritual. So that, that to me, a red flag as a, as the partner of a person who uh, would be marrying, would be marrying them. Absolute red flag. But let's not uh, neglect to mention the fact that if you are planning this and you as Becky are planning this uh, wedding and you're like adding this square dance from us as a as a viewer, I'm like, oh, he doesn't know about the square dance, and they're a week out. He must not have been planning any part of this no. wedding. She's literally planning this huge wedding by herself. But Kat, I don't understand. He's the man. Fuck! <laughs> oh, that is like, oh my god. You know what the one thing he probably asked for? I want Jesse and the Rippers to, to play, play the, the wedding. <laughs> we we are oh. the band. We are the band. There's no band better than us. Why would you get the fucking Smash Nuggets to play the fucking band. Yeah, Smash, Smash Nuggets. Nuggets. Smash that's, House that's, that's, that's They're the, so good. That's the, the Smash, Smash Club's house band. Smash Clubs. Oh my god, yeah. Jesse and the Rippers, you're opening for uh, the Smash Nuggets. Smash. Fuck, again? Fucking Smash Nuggets. Hey, we're the Nuggets. <laughs> Say your full name. We're the Smash Nuggets. There you go. I also, <laughs> I also oh, wanted to point out um, my, my first, like, I hate laugh tracks, and mm-hmm. now as an adult watching a lot of the shows I watch as a child, just an enormous amount of the shows have laugh tracks, mm-hmm. and this is this is absolutely one of them. And when they're talking about the square dance or arguing about the square dance, Jesse goes, did you just say square and dance in the same sentence? And of course, laugh track, but for some reason, this laugh track in particular was just children. It was just, it sounded, Whoa. I don't know if you noticed it, no. it sounded just like little children being like, <laughs> this like box seat of just yeah. children and cue them. Definitely, the boom is just over a group of like kindergartners. Just be like, <laughs> they're warm up guys. Like, let me hear it. It's so. It was just so funny to me because and they're. What's oh. worse, laugh tracks on a shitty sitcom or laugh tracks in like an episode of Scooby Doo, where even a three year old can understand like that ain't in front of an audience. <laughs> I know how cartoons work. You I have like, to draw cartoons. I like the laugh tracks in Scooby-Doo. I think it's so strange. Because, I, I agree. Because it's a cartoon. But yeah. that's why it works for me. I'm like, this is so weird. Those that show, I honestly am like, there are so many, I feel like like they're just tearing down so many barriers or like like nuanced things that that show has that no other show has. Laugh tracks being one of them. Mm-hmm. Also this is the Scooby-Doo anim- we're talking about? Yeah, but only like tiny things. Like okay. the animation at the time, you can tell, for example, let's say they're doing that thing where they run through the hallway and they're going through doors. And of they're, course. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. They're going through different doors. Um, you can anticipate their moves because for some reason, 
the door that they're about to go through will be a lighter color than the rest oh, yeah. of the yeah. animation. Absolutely. And you know what? That's something you don't see anymore, which is fine. <laughs> is, is, but I'm do you think saying. that was a conscious choice? No, no, I, I was know. about to say. It might have been. That's I like, don't know. That's like the kind of thing where you see... Like, I like these visual cues. Yeah. You see like a mountain, and there's a part of the mountain that's going to crumble, and that part is like lighter than the rest of the mountain. Because you know... This is like He-Man and the Masters of the Universe limitations, <laughs> where it's like, I can see the seams where the background just literally ends, yeah. and it just repeats. I mm-hmm. like to think that Scooby-Doo is a show where the, the creators were like, we want something for kids, but adults have to like it as well. So we're going to make it so basic to understand that kids can understand it, mm-hmm. hence the uh, the anticipatory color change and, and sure. things. But we're going to add a laugh track, because adults will love a laugh track. But it's always the most, I feel like with the cartoons, it's always the most listless Bizarre laugh track where it's people going. But it's not like kids are gonna like. What kid hears that line about square and dancing and is like, yes, <laughs> yes. Apparently, apparently, these kindergartners who went on a group field trip to watch the live taping of Full House. No, you know, there's some dude in front of them that's just like, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah. <laughs> he just cut out his fart noises. Taking away his own thumb and then putting it back. <gasps> yes. How you do that? How you do, how you do that to me? Let's give me how you do that. This insane I that child. Was, I wish that was in, within the laugh track for that square dance line. <laughs> this child's Did you say square and dance in the same in the same sentence. How you do that? <laughs> this child's name is Dot. Yeah. <laughs> Dot. How you do that? <laughs> Are you talking? My, my dog's name growing up, Dot. Dot. Oh, um, I was right on the nose with that. Yeah, well, Whoa. she's dead, so. <laughs> I learned about death via Dot. Dot death. <laughs> Please don't cry. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to well, get into pet death not theory. crying, Michelle did not no. cry. She, well, she doesn't feel anything. First, we have to see Michelle at her high before we can see her at her low. <laughs> she comes home, and of course, Danny has the immediate exposition. Anyone who walks through the front door has to handle the fucking brunt albatross of the exposition. And it's like, we went to the carnival. Michelle got a, I got a fishy. I got a fishy. Yeah. Look at him. I shake it, and he shakes about <laughs> like a dumb oh, fuck. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Dot, please. All, an- all questions will be answered with time. Oh, he did that. Dot is Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen's real life best friend. (laughs) Everyone hates Dot. I loved him. (laughs) Two friends from one friend. Jesus Christ. I don't like you anymore. Give me the other one. (laughs) (laughs) The boy seems to be going in a bit of a racist direction. (laughs) Didn't start that way, though. Let's be clear. (laughs) But it didn't take long for us to get there. We didn't have to do a lot of hiking. Um, So DJ's outside talking to a boy she met at the carnival. Bobby the Dunce. Did (laughs) Did they drive Bobby the Dunce to their house? How is Bobby getting home? Good. He actually probably lives down the street. He loves I cars. Hope so. He just hops on any car. He's he's gold. He's gold. Your car. He's gold member, <laughs> but he loves cars. I love cars. Cars. Cigar in a Corvette. That is so ridiculous to think about him being like, "All right, Deej, gotta go. There's a Lamborghini." He pulls him. Oh, Mar- just grabs it. He just pulls a Marty McFly. Yeah. He just gets on his skateboard He's and grabs the fucking skateboard. fender bender of a fucking manure truck. Yeah. <laughs> See ya, Deej. See ya, Do you feel that Bobby is a cute boy? Do you think Bobby is appealing to young girls? I will say this. No, but <laughs> definitive. Here's I like what it. I will say. Okay, Caveat. because when I think about him, number one, not into a guy who's into cars, and I don't think many girls at home. I think they would recognize and and get on DJ's side with like, oh, he's not gonna relate to her in any other way. She has to relate to everything he likes. Oh, fuck Bobby, but also his hat was on point. Bobby's hat, <laughs> backwards hat, flat brim. That dude knew how to rock the 90s. I'm not telling you. Yeah. Or I am telling you. <laughs> I am not joking. I choose joking. to tell you. I am, oh, that to me, so hot. Well, uh, Bobby, of course, is played by Jason Allen. And Brandon, <laughs> you looked him up before we started recording. Yeah. What, what can you tell us about Jason Allen's um, resume? You know what? <laughs> not the most lucrative actor following uh, his shocked. one episode on Full House. Are you JK? <laughs> He was a couple recurring episodes on Step by Step, however, as Phil, you know, 
But his most recent entry, which was the 2001 movie Tomcats as Otto, and let's take a look at the poster for that. Oh, great. So, so the last man sex- standing gets the kitty oh, is the no. name, is the tagline. And for you at home, that uh, the front picture that we're looking at is a woman with boxer uh, boxers on, and yeah. they're... Da- falling down her hip as she pulls them down. She's got a belly button ring. It's, because the belly button important. ring is a what? Uh, it looks like it's an engagement ring. Yep. Am I lying? No, no that's, that's an engagement up. ring. Yep. So, so what we can only insinuate is uh, on her boxers there are all these polka dots filled with pictures of people in the movie, and what we can only poster. guess that the man who is just happens to be is that. Jerry O'Connell? Yes, yes. I think that's Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell, who is in the polka dot closest to her vagina. On her crotch. Oh, okay. Is, wow. Okay, the, so. The, the leads, it's a spring break movie, it looks like. Oh, God. The leads for this movie, for I mean, this is baffling. Jerry O'Connell, Shannon Elizabeth, and and who? Jake Busey. Who are these people? Well, we can These are the three leads Jerry of a major Busey's film. Son. Oh, my God. Jake Busey. Is that Gary Busey's son? Is absolutely oh. Gary Oh, Starship son. Troopers. He is in Starship Troopers. Oh, disgusting. Most this notably, is terrifying. Most notably in Starship Troopers. Oh, but don't worry, guys. Horatio Sands is also in it, so. Tomcat, that poster that you just described, we, <laughs> there's an entire 2001. Industry. 2001. We were at, we were in the time. We were in a weak time. We would just dealt with a national tragedy, so we turned to Tomcats for fucking comfort. That poster is the poster for Every movie that is even vaguely seen as a sex comedy, it's always a woman's stomach with a bikini bottom or a fucking pair of Daisy Dukes, and it's always, like, guys in the background going, (laughs) or, like, she's got... I saw on IMDb or something, it was the exact same thing. So a woman's torso, and in her bikini bottoms were Polaroid photos of the two leads. Wow. You know, like women do. Yeah. They take Polaroid photos and shove them down their bikini bottoms. If you didn't know, when I'm home and I have a crush on someone, (laughs) I'm home. I creep and stalk them until I can get a really cool photo of them. So I'll, like, call their name and just get one of those snapshots. Take it home, rub it on my clit. (laughs) <laughs> and then they they propose to me. That's what happens, you guys. I play DJ on my bean, and then they give me a ring. <laughs> I have a box of rings. I play DJ on my bean. Finally, there's a movie where the previews don't show the funniest parts of the movie. Oh, no. Take it from me. The previews are less than half as funny as the movie is. But if you're not into sick and perverted humor, then you probably won't enjoy most portions of this movie. However, if you do, I recommend it highly. Quote from Jason Allen. Quote from Love Snail. <laughs> Quote from, oh! You know ten why. Out of ten, baby. <laughs> do you know why they call me the Love Snail? Because once I come out of my shell, I move so slow as I give you pleasure. I move so slow. I love snail. Seems pretty That's tame now. Seems pretty t- compared to what fucking scat porn. All right, let's get out of Tomcats. I can't talk about Gary Busey's son a moment longer. The fact that he even had a child is disgusting. When DJ is talking to Bobby, another example of fashion. Her top is. What are you doing? Stop looking at Tomcats. One dude's just like. Jamie Presley's in it, and I was so stoked because, man, if Jamie Presley's in a movie, <laughs> it can't be that bad, right? Uh, anyway. Jesus Christ. She's wearing this top that looks like your grandmother's <laughs> bathroom wallpaper with, like, beautiful roses. What are you doing? Are you... <laughs> who pay can, attention. Who cares if the movie wasn't serious? Who goes to a movie to be serious anyways? Serious? <laughs> One for Tomcats, please. I've heard it's quite a serious film. (laughs) A movie should be an escape from everyday life, and Tomcats was a perfect escape for me. All right, I'm done. Tomcats was an escape for me because I jacked off the entire time I was watching it. Quote from Jason Allen. (laughs) I came in a child's hair. (laughs) Quote from Jason Allen. (laughs) I'm a disgusting monster. Quote from Jason Allen. I put a sandwich in my ass, Jason. <laughs> Five stars. The New Yorker. The New Yorker. There's a cartoon of a of a black and white sketch of like a man sitting at a desk and another man with glasses, and the man with glasses is saying, "I enjoyed Tomcats." That's it. Thank you, New Yorker. Thank you. One for Tomcats, please. I've heard it's quite the serious film. Well, you're an idiot. 
Anyone who saw that poster thinking this was serious is a straight up fuck ton. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, DJ's ensemble. D- yeah, DJ has a terrible ensemble. She uh, panics. She panics because Bobby's like, "I like cars," and she's like, "Me oh too." God, Sam. She's like, "Oh my god, can I call you so we can talk about cars tomorrow?" While I do things to myself, I'm ready. I'm he's ready. Like sitting at home with like a, a piece of Hot. toilet paper no. on his bare chest, so he, looking he at Auto Trader with the phone up to his ear. He's got a Hot Wheel in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, talk to me. Yeah. Stephanie is like puncturing this whole situation. She's like, "You don't like cars, stupid bitch." I know you. I live with you, two feet away from your stank ass bed. I know you don't like cars. You like Belle Biv DeVoe. You like Paula Abdul and fucking George Michael. Yep. Don't say these things. You're selling your soul for a dumb boy. And Becky feels the same way. She's like, uh, later. There's a scene where DJ's like, "I gotta get these." Car magazines. Jesse, give me your... Yeah. I gotta do some research. And Becky's like, I don't think you should pretend to like cars just for the sake of a cute quote-unquote boy. And Jesse's like, oh, hmm. Well, maybe I shouldn't fucking square dance then, huh? No, that's something you hate, and I understand that. <laughs> but I'm your future wife, and I'm gonna make you do a lot of things that you don't like. You're gonna do these things for me. This is a weird gender dynamic we have on this television <laughs> yep. show. We'd like to think it's progressive for the time. But even for the time, not that progressive. <laughs> My name is Becky, and I'm here to say that I'm going to make every day a living hell for you. <laughs> I'm going to make you wear ribbons in your hair. No. No. He but Elvis. <laughs> but Elvis. Um, so what happens next? Uh, we got, of course, oh, we can't go any further without mentioning a couple of things. So when Joey's explaining the fish and how the fish works... To uh, Michelle. Yeah. What are the rules of fishdom? Well, first I want to point out uh, at the beginning when bringing in the fish, Joey's like, come on, Michelle, let's go see if we can find a fishbowl. Next scene. Perfect fishbowl mm-hmm. for the fish and just happen to have fish food. You know where they got that? From Joey's pot prop trunk <laughs> in his fucking basement <laughs> filled with, with nonsense. Oh, my God. Um, Trying to come up with, like, fishbowl puns. The rules of, the rules of fishdom are... Keep the fish clean, just like a human would want to be clean. Right. And feed the fish a pinch of food every day. Every day? A pinch. That doesn't seem like enough. Like, he's literally taking a pellet. And I'm like, I guess a goldfish (laughs) doesn't eat that much, but normally whenever I saw people feeding fish, they'd take a little, yeah, they'd they'd scoop, shake A couple shakes. Yeah. Give it a couple of firm shakes. Uh... (laughs) I don't remember what we fed my fish, but I think it was more than a pellet a day. What, what was your fish's name? Goldie, I think. Classic. We, we got we got fish. We got three fish because there were three kids when we were children. It's and only fair. My fish died quickly, and I flushed down the toilet while on the phone with my grandma, mourning, <gasps> mourning because I was so sad about the getting loss rid of, my of the fish. body. And while... then I accidentally <laughs> flushed the phone halfway down the toilet because I was crying and dropped <sighs> the phone in the toilet while flushing the fish. It was so messy. Grandma panics. She's like, what's happening? So there's three kids. Yeah. Um, just like Full House. Just like, <laughs> which one are you? I'm Where DJ. do you fall? Oh, you're, I'm DJ. You're the, so the oldest. Yeah, I'm the oldest. And then I have a sister named Margaret who'd be the youngest, like Michelle. And Paul, my brother, would be Stephanie. Stephanie. Okay. But I don't know if the personalities are really in line, but. How, how did your fish die? Mm. Old age. Uh, <laughs> you said it died first. Yeah. So how long did that take, do you think? Like a day, probably. It was very quick. It was quick, but also painless. I think it Fish got aren't intimidated. Fruit flies. No, I think old it was intimidated. Age? Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm sorry. Was. My family bought me an already 80-year-old uh, fish. We started a fish hospice, and <laughs> Goldie was the first to go. Come in, come in. Lay down. My These fish are your is final dying moments. old age. Squeeze. <laughs> my tiny fish Dead. stomach... <laughs> It can only process one pellet a day. <laughs> Scrunch. Um, th- okay, so as, of course, fashion yet again, Joey's explaining how to take care of the fish, and he's wearing, Brandon... A barf shirt. A barf shirt. <laughs> Welcome to Calvin Klein's barf line. <laughs> it's got all these poppies on it, but it's also segmented like in comic book panels, mm-hmm. and everything is like... The background for a book about mist, like a mist survival guide. Uh-huh. It's the background for all those fucking books, like a large fucking poppy blooming, but also ancient wood. Uh-huh. It's like brown orange bullshit that makes me think of barf. Later in a moment, we're going to get uh, the, the infamous fish bath. So Michelle thinks to herself, oh, Joey told me I have fish to- Fish bath gate. 
Fish Bathgate. <laughs> Hashtag Fish Bathgate. <laughs> 2016. It's hard to say fast. Fish Bathgate. <laughs> she gives the fish a fucking bubble bath because yeah. Joey didn't explain it properly. Which mm-hmm. she does call him out for eventually. Yeah. She said, well, you didn't fucking tell me. <laughs> Would that kill a fish? Probably. Probably because of the, the, the bubble. Soap, yeah. yeah. The bubble uh, and all that chemicals, stuff. Chemicals, like yeah. such a direct concentration of chemicals onto the fish. Science. <laughs> I don't know. If it was just a bath of just water, I'm sure yeah. it would be fine. Yeah, Unless it was be. like scalding hot. Which is also maybe, <laughs> no, I mean, no. if you're giving a fish a bath and you, and she filled the tub up real. Oh man, that was a lot of water. Hot. So that must have been hot for that fish. What, what do you think, uh, what do you think the chances are that she killed the fish before it even touched the water? And this is her covering? Come on. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> there you go. You need to learn how to not move. <laughs> when I call for you, Martin de Fish. Martin? Martin de Fish. Martin de Fish. You seen Finding Nemo? No one going to find Martin. No finding one Nemo's to find cute because one of his fins is fucked up. <laughs> 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 uh, Martin. Martin, oh no. And the whole time Martin's just like, Where's my wife and kids? I had a family. A job. I was happy. Yeah, I was, I was a, a scientist. Carnival. For like, <laughs> I was a carnival fish. For, yeah, for like w- weeks on end, he could like only stare at his family through the other plastic bags as they were all in their own separate bags. Daddy. No. no. Daddy. He watched each of them get picked. Daddy, please. <laughs> I'm a reward. Where'd my dad go? (laughs) None of the men in the family know how to explain death. Mm -hmm. So here's my challenge that I just came up with. How do you explain death to a three-year-old, four-year-old, I think it is? If your fish has died, how do you explain it to a child in in a sensible way that makes sense that they can understand? Because these idiots don't know how to do it. I actually do think they do it right at the end of that conversation where they're just, like, straightforward. They're just like, you know, the fish has died. It's moved on. And they're like, well, Michelle is, she understands what dead means. Mm -hmm. But what if she, I thought that this conversation was getting to a point where, like, we have to explain what What death death even is. is. Mm -hmm. But she she already seems to know that. Mm -hmm. So what do you say to a little kid when it's like, it's, it's dead? What does that mean? I'm taking it into a heady... Heavy direction. Well, if she knows what dead means, you're you're saying what if she didn't? What, what if she? she do? Yeah, I'd say are your fish. It was, ta- it was it's time. It was it's time on Earth was over. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. We we all have time on Earth. We mm-hmm. get a certain number of years or days or months, and your fish had a bit shorter time than other fish. Yes. So now its time is over. So it's going to. Uh, we're going to put it somewhere where it will be uh, remembered. remembered and respected, mm-hmm. and it will f- um, it will just rest there. That's good. That's actually pretty fantastic. I, I think, well, I've got two six-year-olds, so. And I think connecting it with, like, making sure go. to connect it with, like, birth and being like, remember there was a time where you, like, entered this world, mm-hmm. so you started, and you, there's... No, I don't remember that. So there's, like, well, no, you might not, but there's, like, everyone has, like, a cycle. You moved right? through the Great Veil. Yeah, uh, explain it. Just, I knew you'd take pop this... Him, pop them in front of Lion King. I yeah. knew you'd fucking do the Mufasa routine. <laughs> yeah. Our bodies become the grass. Circle, I think it's a great way to explain. It is. That's a great, like, philosophy. There's yeah, John, get the fuck on board or yeah. get the fuck out. Kat, do you have two six-year-olds? I have four, actually. Four four-year-olds, two six-year-olds, and a mom. <laughs> Me, I, I'm the mom. <laughs> I have a mom. Me, me, the mom. <laughs> you have a brood. <laughs> I have and three. A brood. <laughs> Welcome to my abood brood. Full of rude dudes. <laughs> the von trap aboods. I wish they were here. I've got Liesel, Diesel, Liesel and Diesel. <laughs> they're the they're the tough ones. <laughs> but Ginny Marley, me, and Irene, oh, they're good. This is Shalom. This is Aloha. Jenny, Marley, me. I have greetings from all around the world. Cat, we're worried about you. These are small straw dolls. I've taken to making children. I genuinely have little worry dolls in my purse right now that sound like what you're describing. What are you? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, I can show them to you. Um, Worry dolls. Yeah, my aunt went on a trip to, um, like, Africa when I was little. Okay. And she brought me back this little tin, this little box. <laughs> <laughs> if, if that had shattered into a million pieces, I would have been so mortified. 
I mean, it would have been your own fault. I I've had this since I was probably like eight years old. Oh, wow. Um, so, it's a, yeah, it's a little so wooden So, it's a case. little wooden box, and inside you have little worry dolls. And so, these are just little dolls that were handmade. And they're people. Yeah, they're little people. They have little outfits. It's little. It's like paper rolled up, and then thread is around it with some... It looks kind of like they dipped it in tar or something for the hair. Okay. And then little skirts of felt. We should we should stand them up and then take a picture of them. That's and, a so great idea. So we can idea. put them on Facebook. Oh, they do have... Some of them have faces. Yeah, some they, of them they, do have faces. It looks like so this one does not. I think like that you just like... When you're worried, you just kind of hold them, and there's like more folklore and like tradition that goes into it, I think, but... That's always been my little thing about them. So when, do you feel like you, do you consciously think of them, like when you become stressed? <laughs> Brandy! It's like dominoes! No! Brandy, the worry dolls! Oh my god. Um, I'll just stand up again. Sometimes, so, I, sometimes I do, but they're so small and delicate, I, I sure. don't want to hold them, so I usually use like a worry stone. Okay. Which is, I, I actually gave to a friend who went on a boat, Allison, my okay. friend Allison, who went on a boat. Um, yeah, so that you have something tangible to hold on to. Is that from a different culture, or is that also from... A worry stone? I'm not sure what culture that is, actually. Okay. I just bought one at, like, a store where I, <laughs> where you can buy uh, crystals. Brandon just allowed most of these worry dolls to just yeah, remain Brandon. on the ground, so it looks like some sort of weird tragedy has Here, occurred. We can well, I'm these, only, only going to take, take a picture of the two, of the two yeah. on a date. Okay. <laughs> a date like Bobby and DJ, but Bobby and DJ will never get their date. The, the date that, yeah, never was. <laughs> so they tell Michelle... That he did. The, the fish is dead, but then they also have to break maybe even the harder news because she asks, how did the fish die? And they mention the bathtub, and then she has the realization that she has she, killed the yeah. fish. Yes. And Which then when they get her, they get her a replacement named Freddy or Franklin or something. Freddy, mm-hmm. you're right. Freddy the fish. Mm-hmm. They have him in a nice fish tank, but she's now afraid. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to get anywhere near this new fish because she's afraid that her powers of death will transfer to this new fish friend. Do you think there was some intern's job that was to kill that goldfish? That's a real fucking dead goldfish. It did look like a dead goldfish. And I think if they would have bought a few goldfish, which I'm sure they did, one of them would have died in the time span that it took to film that episode. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you made the joke, like, at one point, one of the Olsons is holding the fishbowl in her two fucking hands yeah. and has to do a bit of blocking. Like, oh, I'm yeah. going to start walking towards the door. There's no way she didn't drop it at least yeah, once. Yeah, I'm sure that they had to do multiple takes of that and they dropped the fish. And also the poor fish, like, the stress of being in that environment, I'm sure, was, like, Yeah, under, really like, bad. hot, like, lamps. Yeah, hot lamps and people, Not being like, fed. They'll be like, whatever one dies first totally. is the one we use. It, it's not a stretch to think that the Olsons might have witnessed something where it's like, oh, that fish just died. Or, oh, this is not a story. Well, uh, it's real, I sort also, of. I also wrote Where down, yeah. do you think this is the first time Mary-Kate and Ashley were ever taught about death? Right. Like, it was through this fucking script. Oh, I hope not. Oh, well, I just sort of realized that on some level they would have to, even before they did the lines, they'd have to be like, this is what the story is. They have to actually explain to the Olsons, here's what you're doing in this. Yep. And I forget if the Olsons were good, Mr. and Mrs. or whatever, were good Stage parents are bad. You know, they're not like Macaulay Culkin's parents who are fucking psychopaths. Oh, they were? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, he, like, emancipated himself because oh. they were stealing all his money and being horrible. Yikes. Um, but I don't know if the Olsons were good or bad because so much of that, like, child's life is happening on camera. I know they got a divorce because I want to say that the mother's instinct was this is too much after mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. It's sort of getting out of control. They're working all the time, and I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, if you want the full story, watch the unauthorized Full House story on Lifetime. Oh, wow. That movie is, uh, or go back and listen to our episode about it, yeah. where everyone's wearing wigs made out of fucking chemical plastic. It's dreadful. <gasps> oh, um, no. They get this new fish, Freddie. The fish is pregnant, and Michelle thinks she did it. She's like, I've done something to the fish. It's spitting out little versions of itself. I've created life. <laughs> I have created life. I am God and I eat cookies. I can yeah. end lives and make new ones. What? Yeah, she gets a cookie. It's almost like, I, I thought for a second, she was like, what's the cookie connection? <laughs> yeah. I got the cookie or, and then it started <laughs> spitting out babies. Or what if she realized she's like, I killed one thing and inter- it resulted in Making the birth of 50. 20 things, yes. 50 things. If I kill more things, oh, no. I'm actually giving back to society. Yeah, we were genuinely concerned about um, the character becoming some sort of like sick and twisted murderer. That's always the concern. Because she's not, she's not that sad. She's not no. sad. She doesn't cry once. And let's be honest, a three-year-old who loses something, whew. Well, when they show her my Freddy, kids, oh my god, when my kids lose, my abood brood. <laughs> 
when they lost their their father. <laughs> their pet father, especially Diesel. He is this our new hardest? Is this our new father? Mm, pet father. Where we get the father? <laughs> I am Dot, please. She's the worst to buy a boot brood. As bashing his head in, how did Jam come out to your head? How you do that? Um, when they show her Freddy the fish for the first time, Jesse sort of Superman flies her into the room, and she's like, "Yay, I'm having the best day ever." She's completely forgotten about Martin, and then they show her the new fish, and that's when she's like, "Oh." Fuck, you're reminding me about that bum-ass yeah, fish? Really well, now I'm sad. Really huh. triggering for a kid if they were genuinely sad about losing their animal. That would be very difficult for yeah. them, I think, mm-hmm. to, to feel like... Here's another life. Yeah. Well, and, and Danny's like, love this new fish. And Michelle's like, no, no thanks, I don't want to fish. Love this... Danny is so annoying. Yes. He's like, Michelle, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. I fucking bought this tank. It was really fucking expensive. And this <laughs> this fish that actually looks... More tropical and a little mm-hmm. bit rare. It's like this weird black fighter fish or the, something. Yeah, the like beta mm-hmm. Yeah. Ones that that like, like, if you put another fish in there, they like. <laughs> and out, probably like, will eat its it. children. <laughs> and that's why they separate the yeah. fish from its children. Mm-hmm. Oh, and in case you didn't think that there were a thousand understudies in the cabinet, <laughs> Joey opens a fucking yep. pantry. And there's fucking fish. 30 fish bowls. In single, yep, in single bowls. All giving birth, probably. Probably. Like the gremlins. <laughs> it's the fucking gremlins. And I also wonder if that fish was, if they knew that fish was pregnant, or if that was like a, well, we don't really know where to go with this episode. Oh my god, you guys, this fish is giving birth. What? Mm-hmm. Well, we're done now. Yeah. Well, we now did our job. Michelle's learned about death, and it's come full circle. She's like, no, I want to know about life. But I also... How is life oh, made? Good on her for saying, no, Dad, I don't want another fish. I you know, but he's like, too bad. <laughs> Love can't be substituted, as I say, as I spit fucking trail mix debris out of my own fucking maw. <laughs> I'm disgusting. Ooh. So that's basically the end. If you thought that we talked about the fish a lot, it's because the other two plots don't Are fucking... stupid. The square dancing is We get a whole nonsense. square dance sequence, though. Bow to your partner. Bow to your corner. And each character gets, Bow to their, your own, God. gets their own character... <laughs> monologue within the square dance because right. Danny's like now do your thing and have some fun but don't scuff my floors and Joey's like I'm gonna crack a joke in here get I'm on the floor I'm gonna crack a joke right now Brandon what would your square gonna, dance gonna, verse gonna... be about yourself wow. Ooh, that's so good. it's da 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 that's that's um, what you gotta fill don't judge me by my looks uh oh yeah yeah um just let me buy some Comic books. Ooh. So don't you judge me by my looks. looks. Let me buy, buy some comic, comic books. books. My name's John and horses eat hay. I like but because I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Kat and I've got some kids. They're very cool. Come eat some lids. <laughs> so eat, come eat some kids. I thought it was going to be the same <laughs> thing. Eat right. some kids. Come on over and eat some kids. <laughs> eat this tuna can lid. But I just want to clarify. Yeah. I don't have kids. <laughs> And for anyone who is wondering, I don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have kids. And before you ask, I don't have kids. Uh, I have to say something because we can totally throw away the subplots for sure. They were very, the B and C plot, very minimal um, interest in those today. But I'll just say real quick, Bobby, when he learns, Becky's like, DJ, tell him the truth. Yep. Just tell the truth. <laughs> and DJ's like, Bobby, I think cars are pollution machines. Click. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, she's a feminist. <laughs> she's a fucking trainer, fucking. But she recovers so well from it, which is yes. awesome. And Becky even calls out the fact, like, DJ, you were rejected straight up. What's up with you? And she's like, I'm fine, bitch. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me but alone. my favorite part about that whole scene was noticing that she had such Frank Lloyd Wright esque wallpaper in her room. Did you notice that? The it's actual wallpaper underneath the thousands of posters. The posters. Yes, the little corners that peek uh, behind her bulletin board that says, like, disaster area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's, like a, it's, like, it's like being in an Applebee's in, like, 1999. It is. It <laughs> absolutely is, but there's, um, there's like, really Frank Lloyd Wright-esque wallpaper, and in that I mean, like, geometric and yes. totally the look of, like, 
people trying to be contemporary in the 90s but not totally getting it, which you can evidently see by the rest of their house that is not contemporary at all. <laughs> yeah. So Interior design in the 90s was entirely predicated on the geometric shape in its yes. most pure of forms. Yes, absolutely. I'm thinking triangles. You've said that at the last 10 houses. Diamonds, then. And then the Brilliant. color wheel. Just going through the colors of the color wheel. Spinning. Primary color. Primary color. Matching two. Yes, exactly. I'm thinking... Teal and another teal. Yes. <laughs> Yellow green barf. <laughs> Let's pass out some common awards for woof worthy fashion. Woof. woof. These are the awards that go to the individuals with the worst outfits of the episode. I will go first. We haven't mentioned it yet. Joey is wearing a sweater. <sighs> okay. Joey has often worn sweaters with heads on them, and I think he's wanted a sweater with s- sort of classical musician heads. Mm-hmm. This one seems to portray Amadeus slash Sophia from the Golden Girls slash Carol Channing writing, composing music on parchment paper with a feather quill, but instead of a table, it's a pool table. Amadeus is fucking writing his music on a pool and table. You might be thinking, oh, Amadeus is on a chair and the pool table's acting as a table. No, his entire body is on the pool table mm-hmm. and he's like looking out at, us. <laughs> at the people being like, ah, and what there's a, a stick. And How does this sound? Da, 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 da. <laughs> and he looks like he's going to get fucked in the ass. <laughs> yeah, I think we should also point out that that is the fourth, third or fourth in a series of sweatshirts or sweaters with people f- with faces on them so in this episode alone. Yes, Michelle kicks it off with a creepy ass strawberry pink. shortcake. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie then takes it over with three um, D blonde yarn coming off her sweater. Yeah, it's like it's like a girl, but the the bangs are like covering, covering her, her eyes, yes. like she's a fucking ring rave. Yeah, but <laughs> it's supposed to be one of those like have fun with your clothes. You can cut the bangs, but mm-hmm. Danny's three like, D clothing not in my house. is d- it's so. Bizarre it to is. me. Like, it's, very it's coming 90s. at you. Yeah. It's very 90s. It, it, uh, so, yeah, I was going to give it to the sweater. So, woof, 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 Kat, who, of, of everything that you saw, what would you give it to? Well, that was one that I absolutely latched onto because it was insane. But um, I'm going to give it to Jesse, which, like, oh. I'm smacking myself for because I want to fuck him and I don't like dudes. But. Uh, she, for someone who is so opposed to square My dancing, Buddha, and I don't like dudes. Yeah, occasionally I will, I will like that, but I also most for the most part think guys are horrible for a lot of the time. But um, it's understandable. Yeah, it's, they're, it's they're bad. A lot of men are bad. We are, we're in the good column. Right? Yes. I oh am. my god! Absolutely. <laughs> no. Yeah, Brandon, you're working way out. Um, <laughs> and as the listeners peter off right at this point, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, for someone who is so opposed to square dancing, oh Jesse Katsopoulos owns two pairs of cowboy boots. That we see. That we see just in this episode, a black pair and a white pair. And you're thinking, wow, Jesse, you're so sexy. Look at your great jeans. Oh, my God, what's on your feet? It's square dancing shoes. Hello. Sweaty feet, <laughs> blisters. Walking around acting like he's better than square dancing. You know what? Shut the You're fuck not. up. Shut the fuck You're up. Not. You're not. When you you also realize when they do the square dancing at the end of the episode, square dancing is the easiest thing to do in it the is. world. Yeah, for sure. And they don't even finish it off with square no. dancing. They do the mashed potato and the alligator. And, and that's like, when Jesse starts to have fun. He's like, yeah. I'm having fun. And Becky's like, ah, you're having fun. I'm like, but Becky, that's not square <laughs> dancing. <laughs> that's part of Jesse's aesthetic, which is shitty rock and roll from the 50s. Totally. Woof, 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 And Brandon. Uh, we've talked so much. Uh, I'm going to go back to, let's go back to the barf shirt. And enough said about that. Cool. Woof, 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 Okay. Now, Ken, I know that you brought a scene to read, correct? Uh, yes. I okay. did get that. I have not um, pulled it up. I, I do. Okay. Uh, as, as you washes. bring that up, I, I guess I just have one question based on this episode. Mm-hmm. Have you ever feigned interest for someone else's sake? Or, put another way... Did you agree to ever participate in an activity like square dancing because you didn't want to hurt someone else's feelings? Sure. I think so. I think that's like a pretty, not common, but I think that's like something that happens in relationships or like newer friendships where you're trying to like figure out if you're compatible with the other person in a romantic or or 
platonic way. I don't like sports. Okay. But my girlfriend likes sports, and we went to a football game, and the t- the tickets were actually free, and we got oh. box seats like in a like a nice ass like bring food to you place. Okay. So I was like, definitely all about that. This is a contained box. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's like your own. I call it a loge, but apparently other people don't call it that. Um, <laughs> what what game was the Smets game? Uh, no, this was in Nashville. Our friend got us tickets oh. to see the Titans, and okay. oh. I don't like sports, but I was like, you like sports, so we'll do this. But it ended up being fun. Former guest of the show, Becca Barish. Oh, yes. She's been on here. Former, former guest, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Um, woof, 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 woof. Uh, I love how you whisper. You were like, is this a, is this, no, no, you were like, is this a Mets game? <laughs> yeah. This Mets, I <laughs> okay, she, well, she loves sports. New York. Oh, okay. She loves yeah. New York sports. And she actually also helped write this Full House oh. fan fiction that I don't know if we'll have time to read the whole thing. I don't know if you how you feel about that, but... Oh, so you would classify this as not only, like, a scene, but, like, purely fan fiction. Did you not give him a rundown about this at all? Okay. I haven't been given any real <laughs> okay. I wanted to keep it. a little bit well, of mystery. Okay, there's a lot. It's Full House fan fiction, so it's okay. dirty, it's in-your-face, sexual. Like, I was given this challenge of essentially writing fan fiction for the first time. It had to be, like, a five-page fan fiction for okay. this show um, at CIC. So I wrote... Full House fan fiction, because I was trying to think of shows that I fair, fairly under, knew fairly well. Sure. Here's, here's what I thought we could do. Because Kat, I mentioned this to me, too, that maybe we could post it on Facebook. So maybe we want to read, if there's a particular juicy segment oh, we might want to sure. read. And then we could post the full thing on Facebook or on the supplemental material. If we yeah, don't that seems go sensible. Through the, whole, the whole thing. Uh, but if there's a particular part you're proud of. Here we go. I'll read Danny's, Danny's thing. Um, cut to Danny's room. He is trying on different black berets and licking his pinky and index finger as he straightens his eyebrows like the scene in Titanic. <laughs> Danny. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Bee bim bop, bee bim bop, zip zap zop, zip zap zop. New York is unique, unique is New York, New York is unique, unique is New York. My wife is dead and I have three kids. My wife is dead and I have three kids. Phone rings. Hello? Oh, hi, Vicky. I miss you too, sweetheart. I'm just getting ready to head over to my spoken word jam. I'll call you later. All right, bye-bye. Danny moves toward the door to exit and slaps his palm on his forehead. I almost forgot! He walks to the closet and opens the door. He pushes aside the 50 ties he owns, organized by color and designer, to reveal the skeleton of his deceased wife, Pam. I'm leaving for the show, honey. A kiss for the road? Hey now, why the long face? Vicky's just a friend, I told you that. We work together at the station. You have nothing to be jealous of. Give me a kiss. Great, now I'm hard as a rock. I'll be be back at 10 for you to bone the tiniest dick in San Francisco. That's amazing. that's, That's part of it, yeah. But oh, I, I very much want to share that whole thing. I think you I think you should. The basically um <laughs> the like character so Danny obviously has this obsession with his dead wife. Michelle's having um a gender crisis where she's like, Hello Michelle, I'm Mitchell, I'm Mitchell, hello Michelle, I'm Mitchell. And um, Joey and Jesse are maybe romantically involved. Of course. And I don't remember what um DJ and Kimmy's stupid thing is, but uh, <laughs> Stupid DJ. I like how you have lit, written laugh track. Yeah, yeah, I also made sure to include laugh track in this because that's a staple of the show in my experience. So when this was fully, uh, so how is this ultimately uh, presented on stage? I called, so I was allowed to like call people up. Okay. So I called up people to read each part. So we basically did a cold reading. Okay. And um, and they were like, what the <laughs> <laughs> because they were just, they didn't know what to expect, but it ended up being great. Great. Brilliant. Yeah. Full house fan fiction. I, I, I am very excited to yeah. share that. And with Becky all and Nikki and Alex are also in it. Uh, so, yeah. Awesome. Well, Brandon, uh, do you want to ask your classic question? Yes, I do. Classic <laughs> question. Yes, I do. Yes. God, yes. Um, uh, catchphrases are a big thing mm-hmm. on this uh, show. How rude. You got it, dude. Um, Michelle, even, God, she's got she did so a variation many, on. She says, I like that very much. Or mm-hmm. what the fuck is that thing she says? She did a variation on. Um, and, and she usually says, you're in trouble, mister. But she said it about herself. She's like, I'm big trouble, mister. Yeah. yeah talking to the fucking yes. fish yeah. like, you better watch out for me. Uh, so my question to you, Kat, is uh, two, two-parter. A, did you have a catchphrase growing up? Just something you said a lot. And then B, do you have a catchphrase now? I don't think I had one growing up, really. But mm-hmm. I can tell you that 
in fifth grade when I was running for student council. Here we go. <laughs> I fifth put, grade student council. I put so much effort into writing a speech. Um, I campaigned simply by having my speech and then taping a photo of myself to the back so that when I was reading my speech, people could see that it was me, even though they could see by looking at my face. <laughs> I was about to say, unless and, you were holding it directly in front of you. Yeah, and... Uh, Reminder, this is who's talking. Yeah. <laughs> How'd she do that? <laughs> That's a face! And then the, the thing was, vote for Cat, she's not a rat. Because what cat, else? Because I just like rhyming slogans. But yeah. then I lost... To Charlie Clark, who had um, a speech impediment where he couldn't say his R's. What the fuck? And Pity he votes. he did not even, he literally, she was, our teacher, I just don't think she wanted me to win, which, whatever. What but the fuck? She was like, okay, those were the speeches. Does anyone else want to, to, to become student council president? Does anyone else? Like a quick write-in? Yes. Who wants to write themselves in? The, and Charlie goes, me! And he comes to the front of the room, he goes, vote for Charlie! And he won. And I was so So wait a minute. I can't upset. say my R's, but I shoot for the stars, Charlie. Damn. So that would have been better than vote for Charlie. So you did a speech, <laughs> and how many other kids did Probably official? three. Okay. Three other kids. So, maybe so she wasn't satisfied with any, any of, of them. that. Which, like, I had such a, probably a great platform. I mean, even as a fifth grader, I was incredibly, incredibly organized, but did confuse the words cleavage and cartilage. But how was, how was, (laughs) in my speech... In general, thought that getting your cartilage. Many would say that showing cartilage at a cocktail party is uncute. She got her cleavage pierced, but she actually got her cartilage pierced. A big, just big misunderstanding. How did Charlie look in a backwards hat? Was that maybe that was the decision? Couldn't fit on his head. Same situation as you, John. Huge head. This kid had a huge head. What would you have? What would you have done on fifth grade student council? I think that I wanted to include more classroom meetings because I felt like none of us were on the same page. What do you need to be on the same page about? The only page you need to be on is the teacher's page. I think that was the issue. I think the teacher was scared of a mutiny almost. (laughs) She was like, oh my God, students will will unionize. There will be a weird student, a literal student union. Today, I don't think I have a catchphrase either. I think think there are things I say a lot. For example, like very cool or like pointing with my hands a lot or like Mm -hmm. very cool. Um, But that's, I mean, I think that would be. I think like I'm a feminist, so I probably say a lot of like, more women should be doing that. That's probably okay. my, my catcher. You just like, hey, uh, more women should be more doing that. More women. Well, where are the women? So, yeah, that's what you go to. You go to a baseball game where the only people on the field are men, and you're like, more yeah, women should women. be doing that. Well, it's true. It's true. <laughs> women can play baseball, too. Yeah, and if you've gotten anything out of this podcast, I hope it's that you understand that I really care about... Baseball. Equal, equal rights. And sports. And, and Yeah, definitely... High on my priority list for fifth grade student council was more sports. Also, I wrote down, of course, you said that when you were a child, you had a burn book. Was that after fifth grade? Or? That was after. That was when around the time that Mean Girls came out, I think. Like okay. my friends. I, Where are my, the Mean Girls? My, sem- my first semester of freshman year of high school, I was a mean person. Mm-hmm. I like bullied a girl who is now my best friend and closer to me than my actual sister. Whoa. Literally lives in the room next to me. We share a bathroom. She is like my absolute best friend. I was like very mean to her. You bullied her when? My freshman year of high school, when I was friends with these girls who were like, it would be a fun idea to have a burn book. It was, yeah, it was bad. Was it like a big book or like no, a we No, li- I think we honestly started it and I was like, I can't do this. This is fucked up. This is really messed up. I don't know if they continued it, but these are girls I stopped speaking to after my freshman year of high school, so. Good for you. Yeah. You, you, you tried for a time to pretend that you had an interest in this burn book, mm-hmm. but like DJing cars, you realized... I it's can't not fucking me. pull this off. This exactly. Ain't me. But and I when they learned that, they went click. <laughs> uh, I, I handled the rejection a lot worse than DJ. Really? I just like, when they pulled away. Well, I had a really hard time figuring out like, oh, I don't have to be friends with these people because you know high school is this like I saw it as this way to just have like a new start to be your own person and that is cool. And then I just turned into a horrible version of myself. But then I brought it back and then. Ran for student council again and got class president sophomore year. What what platform did you run on when you were a sophomore in high school? Did you want more class meetings? More class meetings. No, back then, like that that year, it was like more focused on dances and like organization stuff, which I actually really was good at and loved. So you just wanted more events and stuff like that. More events, better events. That's exactly what students need to be doing because anyone, anyone who's like actually an administrative person at a school, they don't know, they don't don't know how to fucking run an event that kids will like. Right. 
Exactly. Good. But I had mono that year and was literally absent probably three months. (laughs) (laughs) I almost got. If you like Bono, vote for the girl who has mono. (laughs) (laughs) The kissing disease. Well, Kat, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Is there anything that you would like to promote? Uh, Personal project? Plugs. Um, I'll plug the late 90s at IO Theater Wednesday nights every week at 1030. We have an independent team open for us and then a Herald team and then it's the late 90s and that's great. Um, And you can also see my team Majority Rules at CIC. Um, Our next show is not this coming weekend, the 16th, but the weekend after that. Okay, so great. So 7 plus 16. Yeah. This is coming on Monday, so people have plenty of time to plan for that. Yay! Yes. Great. Brandon, would you like to talk us through all of the different ways that listeners can find us? Yes, absolutely. Um, of course, we are on iTunes, uh, so please um, subscribe, and not only subscribe, but leave us a five-star review. We would very much appreciate it. Review. Oh, um, just to say this real quick, Taylor mm-hmm. Kingston did not write a review for this. That's oh, why that's right. we didn't mention him. That's right. He's Our not, friend Taylor Kingston. We would always, yeah, we will always include him. Rest in peace. Um, <laughs> um, you can also find us on Stitcher. Uh, if you have that app, we are on there as well. Um, you can also find us at howrudepodcast.lipson.com. Um, we are also have a Facebook page, uh, so find us on there. Yeah, um, it's a Facebook page, not a closed Facebook group. It, anyone can like mm-hmm. it. I won't block anyone from being sure. on our Facebook page. Yep. And you know what our Facebook page doesn't have? Mm-hmm. Animal porn. Okay. Um, just to give you all some context, uh, John is blocked out of the Full House TV show fan group, which is... Hilarious. Run by uh, so, madness. Um, yeah. It's like a production of Marat Sod over there. Yep. It's disgusting. It's funny because I am in the group and yes, John and is so not. so is Carlos. And so is everyone but John that requests to join. Anyway, um, we also have a Tumblr where you can watch all our supplemental uh, material. If it's I may say. H- uh, yes, give them the address. hrpodcast.tumblr.com. <laughs> the supplementals from the last episode include, of course, the video of Steve Urkel, Jaleel mm-hmm. White, mm-hmm. doing the Urkel with B. Arthur, mm-hmm. and a video for uh, a commercial for Urkel O's, the strawberry banana cereal Steve makes to make Laura fall in love with him. <laughs> That's right. Um, you can also email us any uh, questions, comments, feedback to thehowrudepodcast at gmail.com. Also wanted to uh, plug really quick, we do have some exciting things coming up uh next month we will be doing a live episode of the first two episodes of fuller house so that is something uh that you can look forward to uh here in february more details to come including of course the location of the venue which we Mm -hmm. do have but Mm -hmm. i do not have that at hand that's okay all that information will be on uh the facebook page and we will of course talk about it on the podcast constantly Constantly. Um, we also are all individually on Twitter. Uh, I am at B-W-E Shock. J-O-N-P-E-R-N-I-S-E-K. Kat, you on Twitter? At Dubatak. I never go on anymore. Don't worry about me. Okay. <laughs> never mind. Guys, maybe she should get some new followers. She's going to she's gonna start posting Instagram, at Dubatak. Oh, okay, Insta. It's good to have that, that synergy Insta. across the board. Same username, different social media. It's, it, that's good. It's very yep. easy. So this is the part of the show where we'll say our names as individuals. I will say, and we'll see you next time on. And then as a trio, we'll say the phrase, how rude. Cool. And Brandon will mess it up. Uh, because I don't know if you know this, but Brandon is very funny. And he's also a stinker and a menace of the dentist variety. <laughs> Heathcliff, Heathcliff, no one should. More like Brandon, Brandon, no one should terrorize the neighborhood. But Brandon just won't be undone playing pranks on everyone, putting fish in his mouth and taking them out as skeletons. Where'd the fish flesh go, Brandon? Is it in your gullet, you ravenous orange cat? Your weird obsession with Heathcliff. I want to fuck him. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. How do you do that? How you fuck him? Okay, Brandon. Mm-hmm. I'm Brandon Shockney. <laughs> you forgot for a second. I'm John Pernasek. And I'm Catabood. And we'll see you next time on How Rude. I, I just did that. I know. That was going to be my thing and you just and you did it. you couldn't even come up with something. In, the... in, in what? The five seconds? Also, that was my thing. Oh. <laughs>